Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast. Our show originates in Nashville, Tennessee, Music City, USA. We connect you to the songwriters and the stories behind your favorite songs. Join us as we take a look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Now, here's your host, Dave Linehan. Hi, I'm Dave. Yeah, I'm in Music City. I'm a songwriter surrounded by a great community of songwriters. And each time we get on the show, we're going to share one of these fascinating stories from one of these writers. And I thank you for joining me. Today marks our 10th show in season one. Hard to believe 10 shows already. And you know, originally, and I talked about this on past podcasts, the plan was a 20-show first season, releasing a new podcast every other week and going through the end of October. But, you know, things can change, right? And I never expected to line up so many great guests in our inaugural season uh, like we have. And besides, I'm having a blast. So right around episode four, I decided to just go ahead and publish once a week. And I hope you don't mind. And I thank you for downloading these and listening to them because I'm surely having a good time. And we may go more than the original 20 for season one. We'll, we'll see how it goes, and I'll, I'll keep you posted. And I'd like to remind you again, find us on the socials, if you will, especially on Facebook, because it's really easy to, to comment there at the Songwriter Connection podcast. You'll find us on YouTube as well. Easy to uh, definitely uh, comment there as well. Um, it's just a slide. Don't worry, you're not on camera here. Eddie's our guest today. <laughs> we we, we don't put, I have a face for radio, like Bill White talked about on uh, episode uh, three, I believe it was. So uh, anyway, uh, we'll just keep going the way we are right now. <laughs> uh, my guest today is an amazing writer and performer, a very gifted musician, one of the best guitar players really I have ever seen. And he joins us on Zoom. His name is Eddie Heinzelman. Eddie, good to see you. Thanks for being with us today. How you Dave, doing? Thanks so much for having me on here, man. It's great to see you. Yeah. You know, in a lot of circles, you're known as Cousin Eddie. Is that right? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's that's my adopted name, yeah. Yeah. Got to be a story. Randy gave me that name about nine years ago. So <laughs> Randy Foster did, who you've been yeah. playing with a lot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, I have to tell you, I'm driving down uh, Route 40 uh, last month. And you know those overhead signs that always tell you, you know, seatbelts, you know, and, yeah. you know, uh, this many highway deaths in Tennessee, right? It actually said, Cousin Eddie says, the internet is full. Put down your phone and drive. <laughs> and I'm like, right. I know that guy. <laughs> I was going to call you and go, hey, is that true? Is the internet full? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> yeah. Now, I got to... <laughs> <laughs> just, I just got a kick out of it. Um, I got to know you back in, in Cincinnati. Uh, we were both in the NSAI chapter there, Nashville Songwriters Association International, which we've talked about a lot on this show. And I, I also knew you for all the you know the bands and the you were always playing around. Uh, like I say, one of the best guitar players. And um, I can remember. I'm gonna. Can I tell a story about you before we really get, get into sure. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a night we used to get, we used to have this TV show through NSAI called uh, Nashville Songwriter Connection, and we would bring in Nashville songwriters up to interview for our little show, and um, they would always put on a show uh, afterwards at this place called the, the Historic Claremont Inn uh, in Batavia, which is just outside of Cincinnati, and we were really lucky to have uh, Jeffrey Steele, who was at, at the time, and it still is, one of Nashville's finest songwriters, amazing hits, you know, guys, just, and a great performer. And he's a left-handed guitar player, and he always comes with two guitars, 12 and a, and a, you know, six. And we're all at the show watching it, and he's putting on a great show, and he decides to do a song on his 12-string, and he picks it up, and he goes, oh, by the way, 
If there are any lead guitar players here that can play a left-handed guitar, you can pick up this one, and everybody starts looking at you. <laughs> and I hear people going, Eddie, Eddie. Now, Eddie is, you, <laughs> you need to know that Eddie is a right-handed guitar player. Eddie goes up on that stage, flips that guitar over, and plays inverted through the whole thing. And never missed a beat. Never, I mean, it was, it was the most amazing thing I think I've ever witnessed. <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was a that was a fun night. That yeah. was a fun night, and somewhere, somewhere, some somebody has a picture of it. Oh, I really? Can't remember, <laughs> I've seen a picture of me on stage holding that guitar upside down with with Jeffrey uh, somewhere, you know. But yeah, uh, yeah it, it, you know, it 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 was a little bit of uh, math at first. I think just to <laughs> sit there and look at it because I. I think originally I had just got up and he was, he was looking for somebody to do sort of a rhythm thing. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I don't, <laughs> you don't you know, do rhythm. I'm not going to beatbox or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I said, can I, can I, you know, can I use tar? And he was like, well, sure. And then that's when I realized, oh, you know, I've got to flip it over. And, and, uh, and I thought, well, at this point I'm just going to play along with him. Yeah. You know? And so, yeah, I think it, I think it shocked him as well. It's so, not easy to do, you know. It was kind fun. of a Jimi Hendrix a moment there that we all witnessed. Yeah. It, was, it was absolutely <laughs> crazy. Well, you are a gifted guitar player. You 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 um you know you went to uh, you you're classically trained. You've played jazz, all genres, and I want to get that whole story and really dig into that. But first, I want to play a song, and I want to go back to your oh. album, which I really loved, called "Hey Songwriter." That'll get your attention. Hey, songwriter, that album, and one of my favorite Eddie Heinzelman songs. And I think I first heard this song. You were at my house with the co-writer, and I can't recall his name. Um, I'm, I'm talking about the song "She's Water." Do you remember? Oh yeah, uh, uh, with uh, Chuck. Chuck. Uh, Chuck Allen Floyd. Chuck Allen Floyd. That's right. Gifted songwriter. Yeah. Yes, you guys wrote oh, yeah. this song, yeah. and I still think it's a hit. Uh, I'm gonna play it for you right now. "She's Water." Eddie Heinzelman's our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. Thanks for joining us. She always says I'm her rock There when she needs something strong
Is that not a great song? I I think so. I really do. (laughs) Eddie Heinzelman is our guest. Cousin Eddie, good to have you on the show. That is called She Is Water. And, um, you know, they say say the bro country's kind of going out and the boyfriend country coming in. So that song, I think, is hit potential right there. You know, well, I I wouldn't argue with that, but uh, I appreciate it very much. (laughs) I absolutely love it. And that was on your uh, your CD, which is called uh, Hey Songwriter. And your CDs are out there, right? Where can we pick them up and see them? And they're everywhere, really. Um, yeah, where where all fine music is sold. Um, <laughs> actually, you know, it, I'm I'm on I'm all the streaming services. Oh, yeah. um, I believe the the physical CDs are still available, possibly uh, at CD Baby and Amazon, or of course my website, which is just eddieheinzelman.com. So. Check that out. I mean, it's a great site. It's just chock full of information, and it's good stuff. It's H-E-I-N-Z-E-L-M-A-N, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah H- exactly. H-E-I-N-Z. Well, I said, like, if, uh, if you can spell it, I'm not hard to find. <laughs> now, now, Eddie, I, I probably could have picked a better stage name, but, you know. Cousin Eddie works, I think. Humperdink- I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Hump- Humperdink was already taken. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think that would have worked for you. Um, (laughs) As I mentioned, you are quite a gifted guitar player, and I read an interesting story uh, about your first guitar at the age of eight, eight years old. Yes. Yeah. Your grandma bought it for you? Yeah, yeah, my grandmother. So uh, uh, I grew up on a farm in in southeastern Indiana, you know, just, just west of Cincinnati, and my, I mean, being a little country boy, I mean, the whole thing was... Uh, I was really into singing cowboys when I was a kid. Yeah. And so I really wanted to be Gene Autry. Wow. And so my, my grandmother for my eighth birthday, or I'm sorry, eighth Christmas, um, when I was eight years old, uh, bought me a, a little, uh, 
Harmony guitar from Sears. I remember those. And uh, yeah, it was the little red, mm-hmm. uh, black sunburst with the <laughs> white pick guard and, and just had a rope for a strap, you know, a braided yeah, rope that was you know, about that thick. How about that? And, uh, and so, uh, but nobody, you know, nobody really in my family played music or anything. Really? Um, no. Um, you know, rumor had it that grandma played piano, but I'd never no one owned a piano. I'd never heard her play piano. Um, so she got me that guitar. And then within uh, just a couple months, um, my, my mom worked in Western Hills. You know, you know, West Cincinnati, side of Cincinnati. Area, West side. Yeah. Yep. And so there was a Willis music store uh, just in the same strip mall where my mom worked. And so I, I just bugged the crap out of her <laughs> that I wanted to learn how to play guitar. So one day, you know, on her lunch break, she went down to the store and signed me up for lessons. Wow. You know, the rest is history. (laughs) But let me ask you this. If, if, you know, so many guests on the show, they came from a musical family and uh, grew up singing in church or with their folks. And where where did it come from for you then? Where do you think it came from? What gave you that desire? Um, You know, I I, I don't, honestly, I'm not sure I know. I mean, Mm. it was just one of the things that again, you know, kind of growing up on the farm, we always listened to the radio um, when we were working out in the barn and everything. Mm -hmm. And every Saturday night, like, you know, like people do, I mean, I would spend time with my grandparents and we would watch Hee Haw. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, you know, seeing Roy Clark and, and all of those country acts originally, you know, might've spurred it a a little bit as well. Um, but again, you know, watching, uh, those cowboy shows, you know, black mm-hmm. and white Gene Autry and Roy Rogers and the big Cisco influence. kid and, you yeah. know, wow. Big Valley and Bonanza. <laughs> so, so did you, did you have a horse? <laughs> did you? Well, I, I, I did at one point I had a pony. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, guitar to pony. Yeah, we, Six gun on your side. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. <laughs> The legend of Buster Scruggs. Absolutely. Right, <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's essentially, I think, where it, where it kind of started. Yeah. Um, and then when, when I started taking guitar lessons, the, the first teacher that I had um, was a classical guitar student at the University of Cincinnati at the Conservatory of Music. And Very so, of course, yeah. we walk in and I said, I want to take guitar lessons. He says, well, I'll teach you how to play guitar, but I'm going to teach you how to play it right and so I said, okay. And that started, you know, formal classical lessons wow. uh, that I played for, or that I, I took for about five years. Wow. So. Fantastic. And then eventually. And by the would... time I was. Go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, go ahead. Uh, you, by the time you were. I was just going to say, and then, you know, by the time, you know, he went on to grad school and as he was leaving um, at that point. You know, I was being kind of groomed by him to go into the conservatory myself as a as a classical student. Um, and I was only, you know, 13, 14 years old. Wow. 13 years old, I guess. Mm-hmm. But at that point, I got in the rock and roll bug. You yeah, um, did. So I, I've told this story before. My brother brought home uh, Led Zeppelin IV. The symbols. From school record. one day. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I heard Jimmy Page and, and you know. All and over. Destroyed everything. <laughs> He was amazing. Yeah. 
I was, there's a great um, episode on, I think, I, th- I think I saw it on Prime Video about the making of that record and what all those symbols meant, you know, uh, and it's fascinating. Just sideline. Oh, sure, yeah. If you haven't had a chance to see that, check it out. It's pretty good. So now you discover rock and roll. But, you know, here's the thing I love about you, Eddie. I took a guitar lesson from you not too long ago online. And um, the way you teach, I can tell that you've studied these masters. And what I loved about the lessons is not only did you show us how to play, but you told us who developed that style and, um, you know, where it came from. And and you showed us videos. So you've studied all these great guitarists, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the... The way that I approached everything from the beginning was, uh, again, from the time I was a kid, and I still do, is I would hear about, and this is pre-internet, right? This, mm-hmm. this is right. the late 70s. Yeah. Um, so I would read a magazine or hear about a guitar player. So, for example, Eric Clapton. I'd hear Eric Clapton on the radio. And, of course, you know, Wonderful Tonight was on the radio mm-hmm. every other song back then, right? Yeah. Or every junior high dance you went to, you know. And so I go, okay, who's Eric Clapton? Well, I'd read up on him and I'd see, oh, well, he used to play with a band called Cream. So I'd go out and buy a Cream album uh, and, I'd, and I'd study it and I'd learn the songs off of it. And I go, well, before Cream, he was in a band called the Yardbirds. So I'd go buy a Yardbirds album. And before the, Yard, the Yardbirds were influenced by, you know, uh, Lightning Hopkins. Yeah, so blues. I'd go buy a Lightning Hopkins record. Yeah. Right? Wow. So, so I would start with whoever – and I would work my way back through their career into their influences. And I would go out and buy albums by, you know, whoever this was. And I would sit and, and study what they did and learn the songs off of it and, and learn the style. And so, yeah, that was a, that was a big part of and, and not just, my education, musical education. And not just country and blues, but I mean, you Span the genres. I mean, jazz, uh, country, and that's just amazing yeah. to me. Who are some of your favorite jazz uh, players? Well, the the so the first real the whole way I got into jazz was was again sort of through rock and roll and this influence thing. Is uh-huh. I got introduced to Frank Zappa okay. uh, again. Yeah. I'm you know a, t- a teenager. Yeah. And I'm a I'm a big Frank Zappa fan. And so at one point I had this crazy idea in my mind that I was going to learn a, a, enough that I could audition for Frank. Wow. Now I'm in the middle of Indiana. So the chance Lofty of you know, actually getting that audition was something else. But but the point was like, what who are the best musicians on the planet that know theory and all this stuff and like the who influenced, you know, the music that Frank played. And, and, and I was like, well, you know, I've got to studied jazz Mm -hmm. so the first jazz guitarist that i knew of and came across was wes montgomery oh yeah uh so same thing the first album i bought was a wes montgomery album and immediately from there again doing my the thing that i do started researching people uh and it led me to you know jump and there's so many guitarists and so many musicians Mm -hmm. in jazz and you jump around all the eras and everything but my, my absolute, you know, typically my favorites that I still cite as my primary influences are Wes Montgomery, and, and who also influenced George Benson. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm a huge George Benson fan. Um, and a, a guitarist named Jim Hall. Jim Hall. Um, and Jim was certainly one of my big influences um, because he did things, he approached things a little differently than like a, 
you know, Wes and, and a lot of guys played in a, in a kind of traditional swing bebop style. And Jim played in a little, to me, in a little more modern uh, style using a lot more space. You know, he wasn't filling up everything with, with notes. You know, he was doing colors and this tension thing and, Different modes so, and things. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, he's yeah. a big influence. Fantastic. I could talk about guitars and jazz all uh, all day long. I love jazz music. My first job in radio was actually jazz. Uh, my first paid gig, and I, and I still love jazz music today. But I want to oh, read yeah. a, a yeah. quote here and get toward your neck. Oh, you know what? Well, yeah, well I'll continue with that thought here. Just, I have a cat who is trying to get in on the show, Eddie, and I, I'm kind of a little bit distracted <laughs> by her. It's Juliet. She's sitting right here. I'm trying to pet her. And, and what I wanted to ask you, all that guitar um, learning that you did, going back, doing it the way you did, how did that help your songwriting? How does that affect your songwriting even today? Well, it, it, it you know, it, that may be an intangible for me to, to describe because it's not something always conscious, right? Mm-hmm. The, the whole thing with me, and so it's a lot of times when people do, do the same thing, they'll ask about, should I learn music theory? Yeah. And then a lot of, you know, there's, that's, that's like a, a wedge you can drive between two different sides of the fence, right? Oh, don't learn theory because it'll mess you up, you know, and no, I don't agree. affect your creativity. Oh, you got to know theory. And well, to me, it's like everything else. Like I've said in lessons, everything to me is, is like having the right tool in your toolbox, you know? Mm. And so so it's the same thing. Being able to play guitar and play the various styles, um, I think, and again, not really uh, thought about this as an answer, but it, it, I think what happens is then I don't have to maybe search for a sound as much. I may already know, you know, it, it may already be in there somewhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't have to. Uh, you know, I know chords and I know theory. And, and so if I'm looking for a certain sound, I can gravitate towards that maybe a little easier. Or if somebody, if I'm writing a song in a particular vein, somebody says, hey, you know, I want this to sound like X. Yes. You know, I can go, oh, X uses these types of things, right. you know. And so that can help me gets there faster. I've been in sessions where like, what goes, where's, what's the next progression? Where would the next chord go? You know, when you're searching where a guy like you can just go to be, it'll be here, 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 here's, here's some options for you. And I, yeah. So very cool. You know, I want to brag on you a little bit. I look at the list of people that you've played with over the years, Eddie, and it just, it's a who's who. Um, Radney Foster, who I'm going to talk about in a bit, Darius Rucker, uh, Leroy Parnell, uh, Ricky Skaggs, Vince Gill, Daryl Worley, Larry Gatlin, Gene Watson. You've played with all of the greats, and that's got to feel great. That's just awesome. Yeah, I, I've been I've been very fortunate and very blessed. But yeah, it's in it's really amazing. Like I, um, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, but you know. Uh, two years ago, I was inducted into the yes, I was Southeastern Indiana Musicians Hall of Fame. Yes, and say say it again because it just got cut. <laughs> it's the Southeastern Indiana Musicians Hall of Fame. Yes, back yes. in 2019. What an honor, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, incredible honor! And one of the things I even said, you know, that night was, I really, you know, again, we're talking about growing up on a farm and my grandma giving me a guitar, mm-hmm. and I said, I I had no idea, you know, uh, that one day I would actually get to perform with, you know, people that 
you know, I saw on TV or people that I idolized, you know, some of my heroes, uh, people that I consider influences. Um, it, yeah, it, it, I never thought I, I probably never dreamed that big, mm. you know, back then. I love that. I love that story. Uh, here's a quote, and, and I, w- I want to run this by you, and it'll get us to our next section. Uh, it says, Eddie is an amazing guitar player, a dang fine singer-songwriter, and a prince of a man. I have to agree with that. He's a great harmony singer. He makes me better on stage. Eddie writes, sings, and plays with an abundance of heart and talent. And that comes from one of my all-time favorite songwriters, Radney Foster, who you've been playing with for, for quite some time. That's amazing. Yeah, going on nine years now. Nine years. How did you guys hook up? Uh, you know, crazy Nashville story, right? <laughs> it's the whole, remember, you know, everybody says you must be present to win. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't, you know, if you remember, uh, a, a singer in town, Jessica Ray. I do. Uh, Lovely and, lady. Uh, yes. Yeah. Love Jessica. And so, you know, uh, you move to town and you, and you start co-writing with people and you mm-hmm. start Start performing with people, and so Jessica and I knew each other. We had mutual friends, and at some point, you know, I've been in town for several years, and she got the gig. Radney in 2012. I'll go all the way back. 2012, he re-recorded um, an acoustic version of his Del Rio, Texas album. Mm-hmm. That was it was the 20th anniversary because it was originally released in 1992. So he does this acoustic record and goes on tour with sort of a, a an acoustic trio. Okay. And Jessica Ray got the gig, you know, playing fiddle and singing background with him. Oh, that's right. She's a great fiddle player. Ah, yeah. 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 And then in 2013, um, in the, you know, kind of the middle of the tour, the guitar player that they were using uh, left. Hmm. And so one day I'm sitting here in, in my, you know, office studio and I get a text and it's from Jessica and it had been a while since I'd talked to her cause I knew she was out on the road on tour. And so it'd probably been about a year or more. And she says, can you fly to Texas and play two shows with Radney Foster? <laughs> Let me think about that. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, so I said, I didn't, I didn't look at a calendar. <laughs> I didn't, you know, yeah, I'm there. I didn't, I said, yes. You whatever. probably didn't even need a plane. You just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever, whatever yeah. it is. Y- yeah. Yes. It's Radney Foster. Yes. We're there. Yeah. Um, Cause like you, same thing. I mean, yeah. he's, he's Brilliant. one of my favorite songwriters and, and mm. he's one I consider an influence of, oh, yeah. of my writing from mm. years, you know, years back. And so she said, okay, I'll, you know, I'll let you know. That was it. That's all I, you know, so this was right around the time of um, Tin Pan South of that year. So Radney's playing third and Lindsley. I go to the show. I made sure after the show, I walked up to him and said, Hey Radney, I'm Eddie Heinzelman. Uh, Jessica Ray texted me saying you might need a guitar player. And he says, yeah, man, I, I, you know, I just might, we got a couple shows coming up in Dallas and uh, he goes, we'll give you a call. Said, okay. A few weeks go by. <laughs> <laughs> it's how sometimes it works. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, uh-huh. and then and then I get a I get a call from uh, or a message from his uh, his manager that says, um, "Can you do these two dates?" Wow! I flew down I flew down to Texas with Radney and Jessica, and we played two shows. And again, you know, I I thought they went fine, and um, 
we flew back and then it was like three months. I didn't hear a word, you know, thanks for playing, you know? <laughs> okay. Hey, at least I got to play with Radney Foster. Right. And, um, and then, uh, you know, it was like three months later, I got another message from the manager saying, Hey, we've got, you know, five more shows. Can you come and play those? Wow. Yes. You know, Coming a thing. Yeah. And, uh, so I went and did those, those next, uh, batch of shows. And it was after that, that Radney offered me the gig. That is awesome. And of course, I've been with him since in Texas is a whole nother country. It's got their own charts and everything. It's just like, yeah. So, and you're big in Texas. Oh yeah. 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 It's, it's, yeah. And, and, you know, I hadn't really spent any time in Texas prior to that. Mm. Um, so the other side that, you know, when your introduction to Texas is, uh, a, you know, somebody like Radney, yeah. you know, that's, that helps a lot too. <laughs> Love Radney. Well, we're going to play a song uh, that you and uh, Randy are on. This is from your new record, um, and it's the title track. What, what yeah. can you tell us about it? Well, you know, so I've been I've been touring with Radney for for a few years, and one of the things that I was doing at the time was I was I, I was spending a lot of time on the road. So the first album, uh, Hey Songwriter, was you know some of my sort of singer songwritery songs and kind of a collection of stuff that I thought, you know, songs can't do their job. There are things that I pitched around town, but songs can't do their job if they're sitting on a computer yes, somewhere. That's true. So they need to get out there to the public. So I'm just going to release this batch of songs. Well, then come my time for my second album. I was like, okay, now I need to do like an album that's structured and all the, you know, oh, kind of great. uniform. And, mm. uh, and I was, I was on the road so much with Radney that I started, you know, there's a little bit of a road feel to this second album. Um, and so what I was ending up doing was writing. Like we, we would fly back and forth, you know, from Nashville to Texas and, and I was writing on the plane. <laughs> and so that's what happened. The, the, the idea for this came to me and the whole, the whole premise was my daughters were graduating high school and getting ready to go to college. And so I had this, this thought of, you know, you know, we all do this. We all grow up and we take our own path. Right. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I wanted them to know that regardless of the path they take, that even if I, you know, I, I can't always be there with them or, or whatever, that they certainly always have, you know, they can take my love, you know, wherever they go. Mm. And so I took that to Radney as uh, when we got together to write and he has, he had teenage children. They were a little younger than, than mine. Uh, they were all in high school and he was like, you know, that, that I, I get that. I get that a lot, you know, that point. And so we wrote it. The idea is it's not just about our kids, but it's about anybody who's, who's pursuing a dream or going off on a journey. Oh, wow. um, you know, and then I, I started, uh, I was really fortunate to write that with Radney we put it on the record and then that's what I started ending all of my shows with. I tell my audiences at the end of the night, you know, that if you ever think you're alone, you're never alone. And if, if nothing else, you can always take my love with you wherever you go. Well, I don't want to end the show here, but I do want to play the song. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's play you and Radney Foster together. Eddie Heinzelman is my guest. This is the songwriter connection podcast, wherever you go. Step. 
song is called Wherever You Go from the CD, the record, Wherever You Go. It's our guest today, Eddie Heinzelman, along with Radney Foster. Does he allow you to call him Rad? Oh, sure. <laughs> sure. That he goes by Rad. <laughs> hey, Rad. <laughs> 
You know, I got to tell you, I love the slide guitar work on that song. And throughout this whole record, and folks listening, um, if this is a record really you've, you've got to pick up. Um, it's wherever you go. Eddie Heinzelman, I guess, Cousin Eddie. And um, it's just, there's every track on this is going to blow you away. It's, it's just a, a great record. And we're going to play a couple more songs before we let you get out of here today. Um, so we just love it. I was at the CD release party, and Radney joined you there. And it was just a great show out at the local here in Nashville. Even Heidi, uh, Heidi New, uh, Newfield was there, um, yeah. who, who we hope to have on the show here in just a, a little while. Um, and it, just, it was just a, a wonderful night of music. And I could tell you were having a good time, too. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a blast, and and I'm really you know again thankful that that Radney and Heidi were able to be there, and you know I I the one thing I really enjoy about this is I got to give credit to you know Casey Wood who's the producer and and the drummer um, for for helping me put together you know bring some band uh, friends over um, you know we had um, uh, Kendra Chantel doing background vocals, and then for the show for the for the live show I also had Holly Hamill and. I mean, it, you know, it's Tommy Mack on bass who yes. plays with Jeffrey Steele. That's and, right, Tommy and, Mack. That's right. I remember now. Yes. Uh, David yeah. Lee Murphy. And yeah, yeah. I mean, it's what just, a band. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was a fun uh, night. When, when you have guys like that and girls, you know, behind you, it, it certainly is a lot of fun. Two, I have two questions regarding this, this CD. First of all, I need to know about that car on the cover. <laughs> I am into <laughs> old cars, man. And that is just a gorgeous car. It's a Buick, isn't it? What, what is that? Where'd it come from? Oh, uh, it's a Cutlass. It's a, a cutlass. 72 Cutlass. Oh, it's a Cutlass. Okay. Yeah. Gorgeous. <laughs> Gold man. It was, uh, it was the photographer's brother's car. <laughs> wow. And, uh, you know, I had, we, we were talking about, uh, I, I booked this session. I had this idea for the road and this, that, and the other. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry. And she, uh, she was like, well, my brother's got an old car. You want to use it? <laughs> and I was like, what is it? And she said, I don't know (laughs) if, if it's a cool looking car, you know, then sure. And, uh, turns out it was, (laughs) we met out at the loveless cafe and all of a sudden he pulled up and I said, yeah, that'll work. (laughs) That'll work. Absolutely. (laughs) That's great. You notice notice I wasn't really allowed to sit in it. (laughs) (laughs) So you couldn't even drive it. You couldn't sit in it. Let alone drive it. Okay. (laughs) Well, there goes all my shattered dreams. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Now there's a song in this record, and and the first time I heard it was at the CD release party, and I and I, as soon as I heard it, I I knew there had to be a story behind it, and the song is "Damn It, Mary," and it's about Mary Goucher, who uh, yeah. is such a talented writer, and I, I just absolutely love her. So let's have the story, and then we're going to play the song "Damn sure, It, Mary." Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah. So you know, again, my introduction to Mary Goucher goes back many many years um, here in town. Um, when she came to town, um, and she was writing for Harlan Howard wow. uh, music and, mm. and, you know, she just has this way of, uh, of writing a song, you know, one of my, one of my favorite songwriters in the world, I'm not comparing the two, but just to, as a reference, one of my favorite songwriters in the world is Steve Earle. Yeah, I like and, him too. Love him. uh, I always love Steve because he has a way of using regular words and regular language, but he has a unique way of saying things that mm-hmm. really kind of can get to the heart of something, you know? Yep. Um, and Mary has that as well. I mean, she, she does. just, you know, the, the way she, I, I just, and, and I love her as a person. I, you know, I met her and I, and I, um, and I just, 
I just really love Mary. Um, so the story comes from she and Radney and Darden Smith were, were um, in an organization called Songwriting with Soldiers. Yeah. And they, so they write songs with soldiers um, as, as you know, therapy and catharsis and, and uh, oh, that's great to get to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. So they did a show at the Bluebird and um, I got to be in the show as well, mostly playing guitar with all of them. But uh, um, so we do this songwriting with soldiers show and I'm sitting across from Mary and she starts playing uh, some of these songs that were on her last album, which are all songs that she wrote with soldiers. Mm. And it was like one after the other, just, you know, just killing me. Mm, I mean, yeah. she'd play a song and I'm just like, Oh my God. It's ripping you know? And then she play the next one. I go, Oh, that yeah. one's better than the last one. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. So I, so I joked that night I went up to her and I said, um, I said, I want you to know, Mary, that every time I hear you sing a song, um, it makes me cuss. <laughs> and she said, what do you mean? What? And I, you, you sing a song and I go, damn it, Mary. <laughs> and I said, then you sing another one. And I go, damn it, Mary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so and you, so we got, we got a good laugh out of that. And then I rolled that around and I was like, you know what? Got to write I, that. Yeah. I'm going to write that. And <laughs> if nothing else, just again, kind of like, you know, just to have it. Um, I wrote the song. And I actually, I actually emailed Mary and I said, Hey, I'm not trying to bug you. I'm not trying to pitch you a song. I'm not trying to do anything. Just want you to have it. If you remember this, the show and this night, yeah. um, I wrote this song. It's, it's a dedicated to you. I want to put it on my new record, uh, but I want your blessing. Oh. I said, and if you, if you say no, no one will ever hear this song. And uh, so but I want your permission to send this to you. So you'll listen to it. And she said, well, yeah, go ahead and send it to me. So I sent it to her and I got an email back and she said, love it. Mm. So you got her blessing. That's it. <laughs> Let's play it. But Mary Goucher, this is a damn it. Mary, Eddie Heitzelman, our guest on the podcast. Songs are right on a runaway train with the beauty that keeps me coming. 
coming back for more But the redemption is worth the pain Cause you're the queen of the merciful troubadours Damn it, Mary, why you gotta treat me like this? You keep tearing my heart right out of my chest You got me cussing and a crying My head's all a mess Damn it, Mary Damn it, Mary I think if you listen to Mary Goucher, you'd probably say the same thing. First time I heard the song Mercy Now, I'm like, damn it, Mary. (laughs) Eddie Heinzelman, our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. That's from his new CD, which is called Wherever You Go. It's a great record. Pick it up. Uh, Great song and great story. Yeah, man. Thank you so much. (laughs) Hey, hey, listen, I want to give everybody your web page again. Uh, Tell them how they can get your stuff. Um, Sure. Yeah, it's it's eddieheinzelman.com. Or you can actually go to CousinEddieMusic.com. That would be a lot easier, huh? CousinEddieMusic.com. So there you go. Check it out. Go there. Eddie Huntsman, just a great guy, great musician, and uh, good to catch up with you, Eddie. You're just uh, amazing. I'm so proud to know you. Really oh am. man, thank you so much. Thank yeah, you, you. And uh, we've f- known each other a long time. We really have, man, and we got to get together and, and try to write one or two. You know, um, yes, sir. maybe yes, with sir. our good friend Billy, who was our first Absolutely. guest on the show. So, uh, before we go, though, I'm going to play my favorite cut from your record. Is that okay? This is called sure. Dandelion. Is there a story behind it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so Dandelion is. It goes back to there's. Um, a publisher, a book publisher in North Carolina called Working Title Farm. And they used to do um, this series that they called Trio. The idea was they would take a book, a new release book, um, a visual artist, you know, painter, sculptor, something like that, and a, and a songwriter, and pair them up. And so I was asked to be a part of this uh trio i think in i think this was 2018 maybe might have been i think that was the year (laughs) and um they all run together yeah yeah, so i was uh i was sent a a book uh the author was billy coffee from virginia and the book was called steal away home Hmm. and uh i i start reading the book and i'm like i you know what am i gonna what am i gonna do i've never really written what we call on spec you know, like that, where it's like, here's write this, write this. Yeah. So, but the idea was read the book and then write a song. And I knew at the time I didn't want to just tell the story of the, the book, right. You can't give away the ending in the song Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and I get about halfway through this book 
and I realized that there, there's just something about it that's, that's hitting me really hard. And again, I'm on tour with Radney, uh, and we're touring a lot and I'm reading, you know, I, I remember exactly I'm sitting on an airplane, uh, waiting to back away from the terminal. We are flying to play and open up, um, with, for Darius Rucker. Oh, wow. Um, so this is a this is a big weekend. We're going to play in front of twenty thousand people. Um, at the, at the show, we end up playing the encore with Darius and his band. So it was a it was an amazing night. But wow. you know, this was that that morning basically. Very cool. And I sit in my and I open the book and I start reading and I get to this page and and I I just lose it. I mean, I I'm bawling my eyes out. Powerful. Huh? Wow. Sitting on the tarmac and people around me like what the, you know what's up with this guy and i i was like i can't i can't do this and um mm. so i closed the book and i immediately texted uh sherry at the publishing company and i said uh the, the the premise of the book is the character in the book is you know small town mm-hmm. um and he's he's a baseball player he, and he, he's he's actually moved up through the minors and he's got his big break one game with the majors. Oh, I'm into it. Called up for one game for one game. Got to find that book. And, and so the whole book takes place in the span of this game. Mm. Uh, it's, it's it's a really, you know, uh, and, and all of the things, you know, just the small town thing, the underdog, the Mm. years of struggle, the, you know, on and on and on, all these things lined up with like my life and career, you know, man, so I texted her and I said, this, this book isn't about baseball at all. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> and she laughed and she was like, no, no. it's not. <laughs> um, so anyway, so uh, I, I came and I said, okay, I, I, I need to write this song. I don't know what I'm going to write about. I was, I had this lofty idea of doing just a, a instrumental piece, uh, kind of a jazz pastoral, you know, epic. And I was like, I don't have time to do that and, and all the instrumentation and stuff. So I was like, what do songwriters do when, when there's, when they can't figure out what to write about? And I said, Oh, I know. Write about the girl. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so that's where there's a, there's a, there's a thing in the book that where the title comes from. So I start writing this, these lines and you know it just sort of flows out at this point um there's a there's a so dandelion i don't know if i want to give away the the plot or not but mm-hmm. well yeah i will so <laughs> there, there's a boy and a girl Why and they're not? not supposed to they're not supposed to you know they're from different sides of town basically mm-hmm. they meet at this tree every day after school and if, if they miss each other right she leaves him a little stack of rocks to let him know that she was there. Okay. And if he shows up to the tree and she doesn't show up, he leaves dandelions. Oh. And so, so that's where the title came from. And then, you know, uh, Mm. the, the rest of the song. And now technically there's a song on the album before that called steal away. That's the instrumental piece that I Ah, started. Okay. That's where and they the came intention, from. Yeah, the intention was that this was going to be uh, this extended instrumental piece 
into the song, you know, dandelion. So it really should be steal away slash dandelion. Honestly, when I got to the, uh, we started doing the rec, the, the CD printing and everything, they ended up cutting them, you know, oh. into, into separate pieces, separate pieces, <laughs> so, uh, but they technically go together. Okay. Well, <laughs> but I tell people too, I, I was able to get Greg Martin from the Kentucky headhunters. He plays slide on dandelion. Wow. That's his slide. You know, I was thinking it was yours. Dandelion. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's Greg. Great. Let's take and, a listen. Yeah. I love this. This is some great work right here. Andy Einzelman, our guest of the Songwriter Connection podcast. From his album, Wherever You Go, this is Dandelion. Because I'm so small 
I think I'll say it. Damn it, Eddie. <laughs> what a great song. And you know, I'll tell you, what great guitar work. You must have, to me, <clears throat> that's kind of got a muscle shoal sound to it. Do you know what I'm saying? That's just sure, yeah. amazing, man. I love it. Where did you record that record? Uh, we recorded it here in Nashville at, at a, um, a studio called The Insanery. Insanery. Well, it is yeah. insane. Let me tell you, <laughs> insane guitar work, and I love it. And 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 just, I can't recommend this record enough for you. Uh, you need to pick it up, and you need to go to cousin Eddie Music. Uh, dot com to find out more. Eddie, thank you. This is exactly what I wanted on this show, the stories behind the music. And thank you for taking the time to share those stories with us. Oh, man, thank you so much. Thanks again for having me. I, I really appreciate it. And maybe we'll do it after COVID passes. Maybe we can do it in person where you can actually play some live music around my dining room table like we've done from time to time. So Yeah, there I, you go. That sounds great. I hope you will. We'll do that. <laughs> we'll make an appointment. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. And we'll catch you next time on the podcast. Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also, listen to Dave Linehan's Nashville Connection radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection.